Good evening, you're about to listen to the Odd Pod. We don't know why, however we are grateful you chose to. We do wish to inform you that the views, opinions and overall morality, do not necessarily reflect those of the station, sponsors or musical entities. If you should choose to continue, and we sincerely hope that you do. Just know, we try to advise you against these actions and we are not responsible for any damage done to your sanity, morals or ideals. Thank you, here comes that terrible siren. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Odd Pod on TapDetroit.com. I'm your host, Odd, and tonight we have a very fun show with you. We're sitting down and talking with a local band, uh, two of the members, uh, Aaron Starzik and Pat Mars. Say hello, boys. Hello. Yo, how's it going? All right, so uh, Pat and uh, Starzak are in a band called uh, Last Call in Jonestown, and uh, it is a very interesting band when you just tell the description to people. When you say that it is a thrash metal, uh, punk, and ska band all rolled into one, um, people look at you and go, what? (laughs) What what words were you saying? And uh, I... I've always supported everything Pat has done, and this is no different, but it, it's not just because he's the co-host's uh, son. It's because you know any music group that he's been involved with has had talent. And when it comes to the music that we share on the, the show here, um, it may not always necessarily be our cup of tea, but it sounds good, and that's what's important. So... Um, there you go. You boys sound good. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, so. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate you for having us out. Right. Um, all right. So a uh, little uh, housekeeping stuff to do right before we get into it. We're going to talk to uh, Starzik and Pat all night uh, about music and the band, and they are also going to uh, play Interview Roulette, which they have already given me their numbers. Hell yeah. Um, what people don't know is I take those numbers and I play the lottery with them. <laughs> Come on, I was just thinking, I should buy a Powerball ticket with that next week. So uh, after our first hour is done, we'll be going in uh, to uh, interview Roulette, so stick around for that. Um, also, there is some stuff that I, I wanted to let you know about. One, there's uh, uh, designs up at the merch shop. Uh, a lot of you seem to be getting hit hit with Facebook jail lately. Looking at you, Starzek. Uh, guilty and uh so there's a design up in the the shop for all of you that have uh been in facebook jail it is called uh it is the jail ain't no fun design and it it says fresh out of facebook jail uh and it gives you an inmate number and uh, a middle finger that looks like the facebook thumbs up so oh i know what i'm getting you for christmas man (laughs) you know i got out of facebook jail the, the day before our next show so i should wear that at the next show if there I can. you go I can send you a link <laughs> buy you a drink for your first night out <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you gotta give it to him in a little metal tin cup oh yeah of course <laughs> maybe give him a harmonica too <laughs> um so anyways, yeah, we've got designs up at the merch store, so you can check that out. Um, you can find the the link by either going to facebook.com forward slash the oddpod or going straight to the oddpod page here on Tap Detroit. There's a button that you can click, and boom, you're right there, and you can see all the designs and, and pick whatever you want. Also, too, there's a 15% off sale going on right now until the 17th, so you can get uh, your swag on the cheap. Um Starting with this episode for the fun-sized episode, those of you that enjoy the fun size, you now get to try to hunt Bigfoot. Uh, on Sunday, when the uh, fun size releases to YouTube, there is going to be a silhouette of Bigfoot hidden somewhere in the video. If uh, you find Bigfoot, you can comment the time, uh, comment with the timestamp, 
and the first one to comment with the timestamp will get their comment pinned to the top of the page, and they will get a shout-out in the next episode. It's just a fun little way to, to keep you guys engaged. we got to find Bigfoot, guys. Yep. <laughs> we need to find him. He's here. And there will also be shirts going up to the uh, Odd Pod page shortly that uh, say, I found Bigfoot. So you can uh, purchase a shirt and show the pride that you found Bigfoot. <coughs> uh, we, you're going to notice a change with the fun size video as well. We, we've kind of upped the production quality a little bit, so uh, we wanted to try and make it more engaging. You can also find the Odd Pod pretty much any fucking where that you go to do social media. We're on Reddit. We're on Tumblr. We're on that fucking MeWe. We're on LinkedIn. I'm even there. I'm sharing the shit there. I, I literally went to every social network I could think of during the Facebook jail. Eh? Yeah you got it, we have it. <laughs> <laughs> you can find my shit somewhere, trust me. Um, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, like I said, we, we just started the Reddit thread. So um, if you do use Reddit, just look for r slash the odd pod and join and become a member and, and have some fun with us there. You're uh, free to post whatever weird shit you want there. Um, and hell, some of it might even become topics for the show if you're sharing news stories and stuff like that that are out there. Um, other than that, uh, just fucking go support my shit. That, <laughs> that's the bottom line. Support my shit. Um, everyone who has shared uh, stuff for me recently, thank you so much. Um, everyone that li- is else that's listening, that's the only way that I get further and further, and I'll stop pestering you, is... I can only share and promote so much. I need others to engage and interact. And those of you that have been, my hat is off to you, and I thank you very much. The rest of you that might be hearing this that haven't done that, get on the fucking ball, man. If you're listening, you obviously give a shit about what I have to say. Why the hell aren't you sharing it with others? All right, I'm getting off my soapbox. <sighs> Mr. Starzik, mm-hmm. thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Pat? What up? I'm glad you didn't have anything else going on tonight. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a fun thing to do, you know. Well, it's been a while since you've been here. Oh, yeah? So, um, so the band is Last Call in Jonestown. Yep. And, uh, one, as a serial killer and true crime fan, I love the name. Thank you. Um, so, let's talk, uh, first, we'll, we'll get into Stars X, because I've asked you before, and you and I have gone over it, I don't know about Stars X. What are your musical influences? As I told you, we have to ask some of the stupid, boring questions. I don't know. I mean, that's a fair question. It's just like... I mean, it's, it's weird for a lot of musicians, I feel, when they do get asked that question. Because that, that's changing all the time. You know, the band you listened to when you first started out, it's not the same band you're going to carry over for the entire time. Let me refine the question, then, to give it a, a little bit more of an easier way to pin it down. Okay. What band made you want to play music? The band that made me want to play music, that's a toss-up between, I'd say, Black Sabbath, and then I get I get a lot of flack for this one from a lot of people, but I still sport it as Cold Chamber. I mean, why would you get flack? Cold Chamber even, kicks ass, dude. It, it, I, was I there. think Cold Chamber's great. There's just a lot of people view Cold Chamber, even for their genres, being like really cheesy. And that's when just you're the new metal, new metal guys, yeah. It's, yeah, but I mean, I still... I loved it. It was that's what made me want to get into music. I, I didn't know music could sound like that before. I mean, I was in kindergarten when I first heard Cold Chamber, and before that, all I knew existed was like classical music, which I liked that. But when I heard that, it just blew my mind that things could even you could sound that. that way. Well, and I admittedly am very ill knowledgeable when it comes to music. I like music, but I never really got into the nuts and bolts of music, really. But aren't there a lot of parallels between classical and metal with the way the change-ups happen and, oh, yeah, and the, the, the way the music is written itself? I mean, there's a lot of parallels between classical music and really every music. music, like mm-hmm. every music. But I always thought metal was a, 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 a closer relative in a way because they're complex a lot of the times. 
I always like the terminology using it, like classical at the time they were pushing a lot of the like ideas how to notage and you know be tech players like that where like a lot of the people carrying that kind of torch these days are a lot of the techie metal players the prog guys stuff like that you can see it in other genres but that's where it is more prominent sometimes okay. and I, I see a lot of lines drawn there personally yeah because it's easy to go out there and throw a heavy distortion on something and just jam on fucking key, mm-hmm. uh, keys just and strings for a while yeah but I mean, to make something that's worth listening to I mean, you know, that that's very true, but a lot of people don't think about the fact that even in classical music, for their times, there were composers that were, like, rogue and, like, extra with their things. Like, rogue this is the, composer. You look at somebody like Mozart, who, for his time, he lived, like, fairly well for a musician. Blew most of it on cocaine. I mean... <laughs> Happens to and the he was also them, the guy who was like, we're going to put these million notes in here and people will look at the things that he wrote. Like, you just wrote this out. This is crazy. You're going to do this as a, as a song. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, watch me. The original musician who discovered that cocaine was a hell of a drug. <laughs> I can play three million notes in two minutes if I do enough coke. <laughs> but, you know, if you look at some of the pieces of classical music too they're fucking long as shit oh, yeah. yeah there are classical music pieces out there that are four or five of... movements changes yeah. you're like Jesus you'd have God, to be high to doing? be able to sit through it <laughs> yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. and play it imagine writing it jesus <laughs> so uh you said uh, Cole Chamber and uh, Black Sabbath mm-hmm. um that was Cole Chamber was kindergarten at what age did you start playing music did i start playing yeah i would have been Let's see, I started taking piano lessons at eight, and my, my, my piano teacher passed away not long after that, and it was like maybe a year later, I I got a guitar, and I joined in band classes, and I actually started playing with a flute. It was my first three instruments. I played a flute for like a year before I'm like, I don't want to. Do you, do you know what happened at band camp with it? <laughs> <laughs> I made what happened at band camp happen at it. <laughs> um now, I, I've known a little bit here and there because I've heard stories from Ace and whatnot. You come from a fairly musical family, don't you? Yeah, actually. Okay. A lot of, like, uh, my uncle plays. He showed me how to, you know, play scales really fast at first. And then his son, my cousin, he plays. They they have a band. My dad played in bands, and he's been a karaoke host for a decade and each one of my siblings we all played and my mom even taught herself how to play a piano a little bit for a few years so it, it just kind of runs through my family in that way that we're all familiar even in the weird way that we all ended up with pv equipment the starzak family like endorses pv <laughs> <laughs> uh pat what about you what band made you want to play music want to play he hit the nail on the head with sabbath but kiss as well kiss was awesome just ridiculous stage show i was like oh and it sounded great as well but ooh, that stage show though well that tracks though because i know behind the scenes for like your own personal stuff that you do like ace has talked to me a little bit about it mm-hmm. you you have a very theatrical mind about how you approach music yeah yeah there's a, there's a show to be put on yeah and so kiss tracks and so does sabbath but kiss more so than ever mm-hmm. especially given the proclivities i know of your father taste in music oh, yeah. <laughs> um so how old were you when you first started playing playing uh, around 12 13 okay was this guitar little single string guitar learned like iron man and stuff like that smoke out of the water eventually i was upgraded strings got a six string was on my way got a band together started playing when i was about 14 yeah that sounds about right yeah uh, so uh musical influences then you can go ahead and give me the broad scope oh well i guess i'll start specifically with like influences i was i've tried to put in this project uh would be like doom riders number one i like that sound of a that stoner metal mm-hmm. but i always feel it's too slow the doom riders is a band that took the sound and they sped it up and i'm like i kind of want to shoehorn that into this in a little as as much as I can. But in the last few years I've spent a lot of time around, you know, a lot of punk dudes and all that, so I got a lot of thrashier riffs that came through from I'd say like municipal waste. Uh Havoc is one. Lost Society was another one where Lost it's Society like, kicks ass. You know, Lost Society is really good. Where it's 
I wanted it in that style, kind of. But I'm also about being as eclectic with things as I can. So I look at a band like Maximum Hormone. They're from oh, Japan, yeah. and those guys know how to just mash every any genre you could They're think of that's even ridiculous. relatively aggressive and can get a hook in there, and those guys just mash it up and put it together in a way that's better than anything. And that is that's something I like and would like to strive for you know more in the future what about you what was the question <laughs> <laughs> i'm just here to nod along yeah no uh musical influences that you bring in oh into into this, into this one call. yes it's a lot of jaw dystopia for sure that's a big one that just um outside of the realm of the metal stuff that i bring into the table but yeah try and bring my dystopia in a lot of clutch like a lot of those runner bass lines hmm Throw some James Brown in there. I get funky sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, again, another showman, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, all about the stage James show. James is a bad man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you've both been playing from a fairly early age. Um, what was, like, the first band that you were in? I was in junior high. I, I can't even remember what the band was called. But the, it was all we had to do all summer. So, by the time summer was over from between 7th to 8th grade that band we had like 65 covers and about 15 originals hell yeah because that but that was all we did right. all the time all summer every day and stayed out of trouble for the most part for the most part for the most part <laughs> so 65 covers and 15 originals mm-hmm. what was the style of the band of uh, you could just have called it like hard rock ish it well, wasn't anything too What covers did you do? Because that, that, that oh, might give me a... It was mostly the run-of-the-mill top 40 you would see. Like, a lot of Sabbath. We had a lot of Sabbath. We had a lot of Green Day. Uh, a couple of Zeppelin songs. Uh, Nirvana. Bonner. Yeah, Nirvana. 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 Uh, a couple of Metallica. We did For Whom the Bell Tolls. Did you do it well? <laughs> yeah. I covered that one once too. It was a fun time. Are you <laughs> so you know, did you? Our voices hadn't changed yet. So when the vocals came in and all of those songs, it was terrible. <laughs> so were you just like in a garage playing, or did you try to go out and play in front of people? It or? was mostly in a garage playing, but we managed to like talk our way into actually playing at a couple of school events. And oh, yeah. our friends would have weird little parties. We play at that. Some of our family had us out. I think we played maybe in two years, like, 12 gigs, 15 well, gigs. Not bad for a bunch of kids in a garage, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate in that way. It's like, to get that much experience in junior high before I moved, you know, eventually moved down to other things. Because we all, we were so young, all those, everyone involved with that got, went different directions with music. Oh, yeah, as life goes. <laughs> Found girls, got jobs. Yeah, girls. Yeah. Girls also came a thing. Became a thing that we discovered. We can talk to them. Oh, we play God. music, and they have boobies, and they like yeah. that we play music. And when we play these things, guys, girls talk to us more. <laughs> Does anybody think something weird's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know that the girls talking to us more would end up ripping bands apart. <laughs> <laughs> No, Quagmire said, "Hot chicks are never crazy." <laughs> well, I was—I I almost told, uh, was going to message both of you and be like, "No girlfriends." I didn't know if you had one I, and and whatnot, but I was just going to be like—I was going to say no girlfriends. I was like, "Nah, I don't have to." <laughs> no, been there, done that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't Any have girl to. I see knows that for no. the most part with these things, just stay away. Yeah, go over there first band you were in oh that was fun we practiced in a garage for like a year we, we wrote one song and we learned sweet home alabama and then we couldn't find a show so we just kept practicing the same two songs for like seven eight months and then we got a show at uh, a church somewhere i think it was like spreading oaks tabernacle or something <laughs> like that showed up and it was a packed house we go up to play start into the first song my guitar's on tune the other guy's guitar's on tune the bassist barely knows the song and we just trudged through this thing which (laughs) felt like forever we got done we all just looked at each other like dude what happened and everybody just threw their shoulders up i was like are we we gonna do anything more here (laughs) and that was the beginning and the end of that one (laughs) did you play sweet home alabama no 
<laughs> no, we played our one song. We played our one song. We did we half, half our set, set, guys. All one of it. Yep. <laughs> then after that, got to go with some other dudes, drugging out in the basement some more. Actually got some decent gigs after that, and playing out, and token lounge, things like yeah. that. Yep. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like the, the indie music scene here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's it's pretty welcoming for, uh, from my understanding, you know, that, that there's a lot of... A lot of support within the the band community. The the venues sometimes suck, but yeah, it depends yeah. on the uh, genre. If, 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 the more you go around, like depends on the genre of music and the yeah, types would, of people hanging around. It would also depend on you know in in the circles of whoever. Some circles are more welcoming. Mm-hmm. Other circles are more big difference between a metal crowd and a punk crowd. As I say, the punk crowd would be more inviting, wouldn't they? Yeah. I feel like it is. There's more of a sense of community. I very much like, so. Amongst a- more community, the the metal crowd will very much um, invite you in and be nice to you and all that. But uh, just again, more community based. That's a good one. Good word. Yeah. Not sure how to elaborate further on that one. No, no, it makes sense though, because like, okay, so ska is basically an offshoot of punk. Ska is all about good time, good feeling, good, mm-hmm. good chill vibes towards everybody, but with that sped up kind of, you know slightly thrashy music and uh you know that was an offshoot punk the whole mindset of it is come as you are be who you are Mm -hmm. you know they they didn't care if you were black white mexican gay straight if you had an eight foot mohawk or you rocked a a, a skinhead it didn't matter as long as you were cool and didn't cause no trouble beyond the typical punk lifestyle trouble yeah Mm -hmm. you know you were welcomed yeah a lot of a lot of acceptance yeah and uh, there used to be, years ago, um, I knew a couple of punk bands here in Detroit, and uh, they used to do, like, a kickball league. <laughs> and that was always funny punk to see. Kickball. Punk rock kickball. That sounds familiar. I feel like I've, I've probably ran into someone from a circle. Like, um, that sounds really familiar. So the band that I, I know that was usually involved a lot was Fires in Japan. Good name. Yeah. Absolutely loved Fires in Japan. Was heartbroken when they broke up. Mm. Um but yeah, the the at least two of the members of that were usually involved. So I'd see the post about punk rock kickball, and it was it was just a community of people that got together to hang out and have a good time together, you know, outside of the normal shows that they would play together. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, I think that's why I've always dug punk music is the vibe that's there is it sounds so angry, but it's just a big warm hug. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. and their brothers like, "What's up, dude? I haven't seen. How's it been? You know." So. We said at the top that, uh, you know, thrash metal, punk, and ska. So, where's the ska come in from? That kind of happened by accident. Uh, boingo, boingo, binges, plus our drummer, Mikkel. Mikkel's hard. Yeah, and it just, uh, me and Mikkel, I remember for a while, were bullshitting about whether or not it was possible to, to make that happen. I and mean, you look at a band like, say, Nausea. And that's yeah. that's a band that makes that happen for sure, and we never intentionally tried to make that happen. It, we just sat down one day and we started messing around with the poverty philosophy. Then they were playing the thing, and I'm like, oh, "These chords would fit right here." And then it just happened like that. So, Fell into place. When yeah, we're like, "Hey, that piece of right. the sound just kind of like swooped in accidentally, stumbled across it, if you will." Yeah. It's it, like I said. It definitely is an outlier because when you hear punk thrash metal ska, you go, "Wait, what?" Make sure you raise an eyebrow, a tad. <sighs> yeah. Well, and I think too the other problem is is because most people's um, understanding of ska comes from like the mighty mighty boss tones and real big fish. So there's immediately a, a thumbprint that they expect to yeah, be that's, there. That's where. Uh, I mean, I know this because Mikkel, because Mikkel's like a music encyclopedia, right? That's like third wave ska stuff that happened in the nineties, and there's there's uh, there's been like in the background amongst crust punk bands, a lot of crust punk bands will incorporate certain ska pieces into the music, not all of them. And I think I would even go as far as to say we're kind of like thin crust, yeah, thin crust. <laughs> in that way, cause it's not it's not like super super angry. Our clothes don't walk footage. away with us, but yeah. they're thinking about it. <laughs> I've seen you on the way to a show before, Pat. I, I would not call that thin crust. 
Oh, yeah, with Mikel. We're missing half of our musical uh, encyclopedia tonight. Uh, that boy's got a brain on him. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so where can they, they find your shit right now? Uh, we have a few songs up on Bandcamp. Uh, I think maybe four of them. It's just under Last Call in Jonestown, correct? Yeah, it's just under Last Call in Jonestown. There's not much else on the band camp right now. It's just the music. Going to look at putting more up there after uh, the album drops, which we're going to drop this month, October 23rd. Down at Parts and Labor, come on out. Parts and Labor, we're playing with Busby Death Chair, Come Out Fighting, and AIDS. But because I am who I am, I have the entire album and we'll be playing it all tonight. Hell yeah, just for you guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you're local in the in the area, we'll give you a chance to, to plug other shows and whatnot oh, yeah. um, if you've got them coming up. Um, that's been a big thing. And uh, we I only want to know this from a show aspect of what we all went through in the last year, mm-hmm. or over a year at this right. point. But how did that affect you guys as a band being able to go out and and play and promote and do typical band stuff well at the at the time when all this happened this was kind of like a on a low simmer where we did we just had these few songs in the shoot had a few fleeting ideas we were holding on to and like i was still looking for people and then everything went off and we were like all right so we got this time yeah and it was it was well really cool about it is because everyone you know we had our unemployment money and we had the time on our hands the one i had to work it felt like being you know 19 years old again i basically ran away from home at 17 went and started this band and i spent like time on with this band just sleeping on a concrete floor in the basement writing this music and that in a weird way is what this project reminded me a lot about is just because we had the time and we were able to just be together so often and play so much. We were able yep. to put it together. That's pretty much whole EP got written, just spending time together, hanging out this last summer and all that. And Yeah, we're in, in non-COVID world. It's always like, when you working, who were you? Did, yeah, play, how playing the juggling game. Right. Hours, we were able to just like hang out. And, but then when the shows kicked off, it was like, oh, and then the crowds were there. Oh, the crowds are getting yeah. vicious or something. I don't know. They, they were pent up, man. Still <laughs> yeah. are. The crowds are still <laughs> ridiculous. I'm like, yes, all right. Can Everyone's angry. Please. about something <laughs> everyone was locked in their house for nine months so when you know they were able to be unleashed they unleashed <laughs> oh yes they did <laughs> see and that was my worry too is like um so i'm always i've always been antisocial. so everything that would ha- happened over the last year it did barely affected me like, oh, something's like, changing outside what yeah i stay inside on the normal you know i only go out if i'm making money <laughs> and that's the big thing too is like people will be like come to the show come to the show and like nah I don't like drunks I don't like bars you know I don't like yeah. loud music I don't like loud people but I will show up if there's a paycheck involved if mm-hmm. I'm hosting or I've put the show been asked to put the show together yeah I'll be there other than that don't bother inviting me to shit if there's not a paycheck involved I'm not coming it's not that I don't care I will do everything in my power for any band, you know, in the area that wants to get their music played or come talk to me. But it's not that I don't care. It's just I don't like concerts. Yeah, not the scene you want to hang out. Yeah, I, 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 I've been to a few events and they've been all right. I just the energy is weird for me at every show, you know, because like I'm like I said, I'm antisocial. I want to hide in my corner and I'm on high alert all the time. That goes back to the old adage, too. There's nothing at a bar but drunks in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm almost 40, and I'm married, and I don't want either of those. Right. <laughs> I don't want drunks or trouble. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, ah, we're all the dice tonight. Let's go, guys. <laughs> uh, but, no, it, it, you know, so when everything started opening back up and everybody was starting to do shows, I was like, cool. I'm glad to see it. I hope. I wasn't there firsthand, so I couldn't see how the crowds were, and... The few people that I talked to, they had said that the initial crowds were weren't huge, and it, it took a minute to get even close to what it was before. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like it was as far as the music world goes, it was a nice little reset because people were. 
I think getting bored of shows and their friends' bands necessarily and shows were kind of simmering down. It was a little harder, I think. Taking it for granted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting yeah, tired of the guys they like, were. hey, come they, see my exactly. show. That's exactly what it was. People were taking the idea of going out for granted and they were either would have stayed in. But then when they had no choice but to stay in and they were able to come back out, they are like, yeah. oh, yeah. This is what I was missing. Socializing doesn't exist oh, yeah. on social media. I'm going to put a pin in it right there because we're at the 30-minute mark, and that means I need to go to break and play some of your music. All right, cool. Um, when I come back, I'm not going to ask you to throw anybody under the bus, but I do have a question. I'm going to ask the question now, but when we come back, you guys can answer it. I'll give you time off air to figure out how you want to answer it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. The question is this. Did the relationship between bands and venue owners change? In any way, shape, or form, Ooh. post-pandemic, you're listening to the Odd Pod on TapDetroit.com. We're going to play three songs from uh, Last Call in Jonestown's album. What's the name of the album? Is it just self-titled? Monkey Business EP? Monkey, Monkey Business, Business EP. Okay, Monkey Business EP. You're going to get Dead Skies, Sturka's song, and Last Call in Jonestown in the first place. Now you had me move Sturka's song up. Yeah. And we'll talk about that when we come back. All right? Absolutely. But also, give some thought to that question I asked. Did the relationship between venue owners and bands change in any way post-pandemic? You're listening to The Odd Pod, and we'll be right back. Tired of incense that stinks? Motor City Candleworks is Metro Detroit's number one source for premium handmade incense, as well as hand sanitizer and now massage oil, with a wide array of scents inspired by Michigan cities and attractions. You're sure to find a fragrance that'll keep your love of the mitten burning all year round. Head to MotorCityCandleworks.com and order yours today. And make sure you find them on Facebook, too, for all of their upcoming sales and events. Motor City Candleworks. Michigan handmade scents that just make sense. That smell. The kind of smelly 
This just in. It seems the entire planet is being overtaken by a force unlike anything we've ever seen before. Its tentacles reach across the entire globe, from Beijing to Boston, from Moscow to Madrid. There seems to be no escaping its influence. It seems life as we know it will be forever changed now that the odd pod has arrived. To stay up to date on all developments, and we're urging that you stay informed. You can hear the latest information about the Odd Pod by searching for it on all major podcasting platforms. Remember, we can only be as safe as we are vigilant. This is your friendly neighborhood radio DJ, Oddman. Just wanted to let you know that the Odd Pod has an official merch shop set up for all the oddities eager to get covered in a bit of odd. Or maybe you want to seduce your partner by slipping into something a little more odd. Ooh, maybe you just want to wallpaper a room in your house with stickers, because we got them too. I'm going to need more stickers. You can find a link on our page via Facebook or on our page over at tapdetroit.com forward slash the Odd Pod. So show your support and love for the Odd Pod today by picking up something from our store. TapDetroit.com was nice enough to give me a new home for my brand of insanity. Am I a You're listening to The Odd Pod. Stick around after and check out all the great content and music available only on TapDetroit.com. Well, it seems like a reasonable request. That's right. I'm a living fucking cartoon character, and uh, you have proof of that by going to the merch store and buying the cartoon face of me or one of my two co-hosts. So before we went to break... 
Um, I mentioned that uh, Starzik asked me to move a song up in the playlist, and uh, that was uh, Sturka's song. Mm -hmm. Why did you want me to move it up? Well, uh, I'd like to clarify on that song a little bit in the way of... So I didn't want it to be called Sturka Song. Sturka's my nickname. I wanted it to be called something else, but we... That was a working title, and it never came or up. Or too with lazy. A, yeah, it never came up with a regular title for it, so it just stuck. Um, and that song was written about uh, when I was 16. I was lucky enough to get in a band with a bunch of 20-somethings, and I had people like coming at me, and someone just made this offhand comment one night that was really weird. And several people repeated this comment to me over a span of like 10 years and it's just the was the most cringeworthy weirdest thing someone tried to tell me i'm going to grip onto your ball bag until you're famous and that just rubbed me so wrong at like 16 this was like a grown man saying this well i would imagine yeah it would rub you wrong if someone gripped onto your ball bag that hard yeah so two other people who didn't even know each other told me this same thing and eventually I, I wrote written a song about it can i propose a name change then it doesn't i don't care if you use it I or mean, not I mean, go bag. for it if- no no i'd take a little probing to see the galaxy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh yeah that's great that's almost as good as alien poof finger <laughs> yeah well, I mean, if you're taking a little probing to see the galaxy, you're causing the aliens poo finger. Exactly. You assume they use a finger. I mean, they could. They, I'm, I'm sure they're, if they're more, much light, more highly advanced than just a finger. I started out with one before they bring the whole machine in. I can't imagine that. <laughs> Ease me into it a little. <laughs> Light a candle I, or something. I would imagine they could numb you so you don't feel a thing. They, they wouldn't have to prep you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where KY got the numbing technology. They stole oh. from the aliens yep. for their anal probes. <laughs> I think we're on to something here, guys. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, all right, so that makes sense then, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I propose the name change. I'll take a little probe in to see the galaxy. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll toss some coins about it at the next meeting. <laughs> um, all right, so the question I asked you before we went to break, uh, one of our chatters answered it before you could. I'm going to mm-hmm. read his comment and then... Uh, let you have your guys' say on the the issue. So the question I asked before we went to break was, has the relationship between venue owners and uh, bands changed in any way? Uh, Whether it's good or bad since the pandemic. And Hootis in the chat said, venue owners have more power now. A lot of venues closed during the pandemic, leaving less places to play. So venue owners can take advantage of that scarcity. Now, I haven't been out there. I haven't had to work in the show with shows or try to set anything up. Um, but you guys have. So w- how do you feel it's going? You know, I mean, I, I feel it's changed for the better in in a lot of ways. <clears throat> you know, you have smaller venues who were struggling throughout that they they had to remain closed, and then you know everything opening back up, it provides I feel a good opportunity for bands. You can get in there a little easier. There's more of them. It, yeah, and it it also solved, I feel, because, yeah, there's less venues now, but in, in Detroit itself, there was a bit of oversaturation of venues. There was so many venues. And it, it's unfortunate that, you know, businesses had to close because of what happened, but it in a way, it makes it easier to kind of gather a crowd because there's less places Refines for the a people. crowd to go. Yeah. And then even for bigger venues who may have been a little more uh, sticklers, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. a little more difficult to get into. They're facing a, not only a, a similar problem, but maybe even venues who didn't realize that, oh, these bands are what make us us. They're starting to see that now. So you guys are getting taken care of a little better than you were before the, the pandemic. I, I'd i say so. And yeah. it, it even... I haven't seen anybody out here like this. Ain't a massive change, but a change nonetheless. COVID started. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, my bad. Uh, Since COVID started, but there used to be a lot of predatory promoters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and since shows open back up, I haven't seen any of those guys floating around. Yeah, I, I felt bad because I was put into the position to 
come across that way, unfortunately, when I was working with bands. So what I would do is I would go to the venue and I would fight to try to get the, the bands played. I'd usually do a show with like three bands, uh, but the three artists, three musical artists or whatever. And, you know, the, the bar, the venue would fight me tooth and nail to try and give money to the bands. I was playing in very small venues, like those ones where, basically, I know what you're talking about is the the oversaturation. Anywhere that had a corner that was big enough to fit a drum set in, you know, was trying to, to have bands come business. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what ended up happening is the only way that the bands could make money is I would have to get, I would have to print up tickets and then give them to the bands and be like, if you sell them, you keep the money from them. I was essentially eating the out-of-pocket cost of printing up tickets. Uh, But when you approached a band and said, you're going to have to sell tickets, there was an immediate shutdown, usually. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. I do. I was like, you're not buying the tickets from me, though. Like, I'm I'm giving them to you. So if you want to sell them to make money for this show, go go right ahead. You're basically being, in my head, the way I was doing it is like you're basically being given free money. You don't have to pay me for it. If you want to play the show, this is how you get paid. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say for bands, it's a hard line to to walk in that way because you don't, don't always want to be the band that sells tickets. But that's it's a good point when you do it that way. Yeah, when you do it that way, that's. I had a relationship with a print shop. Mm-hmm. You know, I could get things printed on the cheap. You know, it didn't hurt me. The venues I was playing at, I gave everybody like 15, 20 tickets and told them, you know, sell them for as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but I came off as predatory because that, that's, uh, all right, you got to sell tickets if you want to make money. Well, yeah, that's the business card of every one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, and I was doing well, it in a different way, but. I mean, that's, that, I wouldn't label that as predatory, but the the typical model for that that a lot of the promoters who use tickets go by is if you want to play it all you have to sell this many yeah. don't even ask about getting else. a dollar for it you know and well they'd usually you know, sell you the tickets mm-hmm. yeah that too and that's that's not how you were doing no it. but there were a lot of people out here who were like that and they would specifically <sighs> aim at like younger bands who didn't necessarily know how to you know, keep operate through those trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't necessarily recognize when they were being taken advantage of because they were just so excited to play a show. Yeah, a lot of the times, so when I put on shows, I, I referred to them as successful failures. <laughs> Nobody made any money, but everybody had a good time. So, <laughs> I mean, like... That's great. That's yeah. Like, that's a good term for things like that. Yeah. And that, in the end, is really the goal. Yeah. Is for anybody who's there, whether you're attending or you're in a band or your staff, what have you, is to have a good time. Yep. I usually force the issues that the bands could sell merch at the venue. You know, uh, only had a handful of venues ever fight me on it. Yeah, I ain't never seen too many venues come along and be like, fight you on bloody bands sell merch? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Again, small venues that were run by people who shouldn't be running venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound like you might. If if you had a venue fighting you to let bands sell merch, it does sound like. I had like one or two like that. The rest of them were pretty compliant. They didn't have very many issues other than not wanting to pay the fucking bands. Mm. <laughs> Shady business. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there was one or two of them that I was like, well, let them sell their merch. Let them sell, you know, their CDs or whatnot while they're here. Well, that's less money that people are going to have to drink. Okay, you didn't want to pay the band. You got to roll them dice. That's what you told me they had to do. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that sounds to me like someone who has a bar and wasn't necessarily experienced with having bands, and they thought it might be a good idea to try out to make money. And a lot of venues own and ran for the purpose of bands. They're not in it to make money. They're in it for the passion of music and yep. yeah. booking. So I won't say the name of the place on air. Uh, no, that's a good idea, though. <laughs> don't do <laughs> that. You don't have idea. to name names here. <laughs> but I will tell you at our next break. <clears throat> okay. I'll keep it to myself. Yes. Yeah. They're not open anymore, so it doesn't, can't, doesn't it can't hurt me. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but it's good that the the relationship between the the bands and and the the venues has changed. Like you said, it wasn't drastic change, but there is some change, and small steps of progress are still steps of progress. Um, I I often felt bands got screwed over. I I didn't like how bands, single artists, um, even comedians, because like I worked with them. I I did this thing for a while down in Detroit at a bar called Andrews on the Corner. And it was a mix of comedy and music. I'd have a couple of musical artists and a couple of comedians and would interchange the acts throughout the night. It was a really weird and off-kilter show. Oh, yeah. Bands Sounds and like a good time, though. Yeah. I mean, that could be cool. That's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it took place at a, a, a bar where you could sit down and get food, too. So I was uh, in a band that accidentally double-booked... At a drag bar. The oh, drag yeah. bar would have metal shows sometimes, and then they would have drag shows. Well, they double-booked a drag show with the metal show that night. I bet it went wonderfully. It was... Everybody had a great time. It uh, was, yeah. It was great. The Angry Metal Band drag show. <laughs> Angry Metal Band drag, drag show. show. <laughs> um, one of the, the other favorite uh, things that I had put together show-wise, um, I had a sex toy seller... At a show that had a Christian rock band. Yes. That's awesome. Did you get them to talk to each other? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, um, so I was doing vendor and, and music shows. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the band had been taken care of. Like the bands were, were covered. They, they, they were cool selling tickets to, to make their money and they did. Um, and then the, the vendor thing was extra because I had a couple of small business friends that were really trying to get their, their stuff out there. One of them was a, a, a sex toy seller and I had booked them before the Christian rock band had finally confirmed. Oh, <laughs> and when they confirmed, I, I was desperate because I needed a third band and they were it. And it was like a week to show. No way that I was going to be able to quickly book another act that would fit with everything else because it was a rock show. And uh, they confirmed. I was like, okay, that's wonderful. However, I feel the need that I should tell you something. And I explained to them what happened. And they said, no, we're cool with it. And I was like, yes! <laughs> hey, at least you were nice enough to tell them. Yep, and the Christian rock band went over and talked to uh, my friend that was selling sex toys, and a few of them were playing with them, like, just, like, lightsabers and shit back oh, yeah, and forth. fighting. Yeah, goofing off, and I was like, thank God that went well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, one of the first shows I played at a venue venue, instead of just, like, necessarily someone's house, I was 16, and we were... A, on the darker side of things, a band called Faded Hourglass. And we used to have this big stage set up with all these, like, it was like a fence along the the stage, and it had all these severed heads, like, posted up on it. And oh, a Christ- yeah. somehow the venue had double-booked us with a Christian rock band. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and we had all these things up there, and they played with it. They thought it was great. We thought someone was going to get mad. Or, you know, and <laughs> it was an all-ages show. Like, <laughs> so, like, there are these Christian kids who are going to come here and see this. Someone's going to get mad. Uh, surprisingly, no. They had a great time. Yep. Successful failure sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, where... Yeah, we got enough time. Favorite venue to play or venue that you're dying to play? And it can't be a big stadium. Ooh. Because that's too easy. Hmm. I'd like to go back to that um, Sculpture Park. That was sick. That was a good time. Wouldn't mind playing there again ever again. <laughs> yeah, that was my first time playing at a skate park yeah, that too. Was a good that time. was really cool. Is that the the video you guys put up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe in a better location. Because <laughs> uh, wasn't that kind of sketchy the area you were in? Yeah, but you know, a lot of the best places are. You know, that's true. Yeah, and that's like we also have less to worry about authority figures showing up necessarily at a in a place like that. That aside, everybody behaved themselves. Great time, people skateboarding. Yeah, and you got a big, you know, a lot of people there, a big group of people there. I feel like there's not maybe too many people in the neighborhood who are necessarily going to mess with it unless you go out of the way to touch their property. Right, that's fair. 
don't fuck with us, we won't fuck with you kind of mentality. Let's see. And the, even areas like that can be a little more communal than society might give them credit for. Yeah, because if you're not doing anything to hurt anybody, mm-hmm. there's no reason for them to say anything to you. You're providing a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I've never been scared of Detroit, okay? Yeah. Yeah, there, there are areas that are sketchy. I'm not going to lie, but I've never been scared of Detroit. Right, exactly. Uh, I learned fairly early on that uh, all you got to do is act like you belong there. Don't look like you're scared of shit. You'll be all right. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And if that doesn't work for you, the the easiest way to go about things in Detroit is I didn't see nothing. I don't know nothing. I wasn't even there. Exactly. Who are you? (laughs) And and even at that, in like a show environment that someone might, environment like that someone might poke their head out like hey turn that down oh wait shit you got free hot dogs and beer hold on <laughs> what's up dude <laughs> let, me, let me get my weed and come down there <laughs> I've, I've been through areas like that before in my youth like not down in detroit but like different cities and whatnot where you're walking down the street and someone's got a fucking band playing on their front porch mm-hmm. you know and a bunch of people gathered around and you just stop for a little bit and listen you know yeah music is communal like in and of itself it doesn't matter what you're playing Music is pretty much communal. Music is the basis of my fucking cult that I want to start. Yes. You need to get that going, man. I'm I, in. I'm slowly working my way there. I, I explain my idea to people, and they, they seem on board with it, and they don't realize it, but I'm amassing my followers. Hey, you give me a call. So how does music in this cult work? Is it specifically like one type of music, or is it just music as a whole is worshipped in this way? I'll tell you at the break. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't talk too much about the ins and outs of it uh, publicly just yet. Okay, okay. Um, but there is nothing nefarious or anything like that. It's just, it's a really good idea, and I don't want someone stealing it from me before I'm able to pull it off. There's no Kool-Aid, guys, we promise. Yeah, none. <laughs> none at all, unless you bring it yourself, and then I'm not drinking unless it. Unless you want some. Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to drink your own Kool-Aid. Just don't try to share it with anyone else. All right, guys, uh, you got shows coming up, right? Yeah, we got a few. Where are you at? All right, so uh, October 23rd, Woo! we're at Parts and Labor with Busby Death Chair, Come Out Fighting, in AIDS, and then November 7th, we That's are... That's our EP release show. Oh, yeah. yeah Putting out the Monkey Business EP. Uh, November 7th, we're at the Logger House with Doc Rotten, High Totals, and uh, a date station. Nice. Yeah, um, so send me all those links, and they'll be with the show for everyone to be able to get to. And then uh, December 11th, we are playing in Canton, Ohio, again with Busby Death Chair at a bar called Busman's. Thanks for checking out the Odd Pod. If you want to hear the whole show, consider becoming a patron of our Patreon. Head to patreon.com forward slash the Odd Pod. We're also all over social media like an STI that won't wash off. Head to tapdetroit.com forward slash the Odd Pod to follow us today. We're already following you and you forgot to buy milk.